welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, um, and this week I've got some, I've got two topics for you. Um, they're in the same vein, but they're different, so it should be pretty fun. Before we get into the episode, though, I do want to touch on a few things. Um, just, you know, some fun things that we've got going on. Um, so over at my Instagram page, at the Crypto Chats podcast, um, I have a giveaway going on um, that is set to draw on the 7th, I believe, March 7th. Um, So if you have been following my Instagram for a while, you may have noticed that I started a new fun series, um, very low-key, relaxed, laid-back painting series with my partner and last week's guest, uh, Matt Shang, a.k.a. Mothboy Matt. Um, So if you haven't checked that out, you should go check it out. It's very cute and very wholesome. Um, but we're doing a giveaway for the paintings that we did in the first episode. Um, so head over to the Crypto Chats podcast on Instagram to enter in the giveaway. It's super easy and you can win um, one of two art pieces. One is titled Mothman Does the Dishes and the other one is Goblin Wearing Christmas Socks. Um, they're very cute, very silly um, and, you know, it's super easy to enter. So. Uh, if that sounds like something you'd like to do, head on over and do that. Um, like I said, the drawing ends on March 7th. Um, so you got plenty of time to get that going. And yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we get into the episode is the uh, event that Matt and I talked about last week, High Strangeness Erie, um, coming up on March 12th in Erie, Pennsylvania at Basement Transmissions. It's going to be 10 to 5. It's uh, put on by our lovely friend Creepy Carrie. Um, and her lovely partner, Erie Eric. Um, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm going to be there with my jewelry business. Um, Mothboy Matt will be there with some Mothboys merch. Our dear friend Asher's from on Wednesday's We Talk Weird podcast. She'll be there too doing a speaking thing, which is going to be really cool. There's going to be speakers. There's going to be vendors, a lot of oddities, art, uh, cryptid stuff, bones, jewelry, home decor. There's a whole lot of really cool stuff that's going to um, be there. Um, I'm super excited. We also will have um, one of our good friends, Danner from Conjure Dust Designs, will also be there selling his um, cryptid art and... Um, he's really talented, so you're going to want to check that out. And then also our good friend, Greg from all the weird is coming all the way down from Canada to be at this event. And I'm so excited, um, to see Greg. It's going to be awesome. If you aren't following him, you should definitely do that. It's all dot the dot weird on Instagram. Um, super, super cool. I'm really excited. This event's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in the Erie area or, um, you know, it's, that's an area that you can get to really easily. I definitely recommend, um, showing up. So yeah, so that's what I got for announcements. Um, giveaway on the Crypto Chats podcast and then High Strangers Erie, March 12th, at Basement Transmissions 10 to 5. It's going to be awesome. Um, this information will be in the show notes as well. So don't, you don't have to remember it. So anyway, um, we're going to jump into this week's episode. Um, we're talking about some aliens, um, two dramatically different but equally wild alien encounters from South America, to be specific. South America is known for a lot of things, but alien encounters, at least to me, aren't really one of them, which makes these extraterrestrial experiences both incredibly mind-blowing and terrifying. Um, so we're going to start off with the arboreal abomination. So let's get into it. 
On the evening of August 29, 1965, Antonio Chavez Bedoya and Julio El de Romana were driving along a desolate and slightly mountainous section of the Pan American Motorway in southern Peru when they encountered a strange being that would change their lives forever. The men told of driving along the road when suddenly spotted a Martian-like being standing in the middle of the road. As soon as they slowed down to check it out, a large craft flew through the sky over their car and then away into the night sky. The craft was seen by a handful of other witnesses about 12 miles away only moments later. De Romana and Bedoya turned their focus back to the creature in front of them that made them stop in the first place. They described the being as being small, only about 31 inches in height, which is about two and a half feet tall, and had the appearance of a shrub. <laughs> as they got closer, they noticed one large eyeball in the middle of what was presumed was the head of the creature, but that it had small eyeballs dotted down the sides of it too. It also appeared to have gold and silver strings, much like tinsel coming out of its body all over. So this is a really, really short encounter, but it's so interesting to me. So I wanted to include it because that is literally the extent of the information on the arboreal abomination. These guys just saw this weird shrub, got back in the car and left. That is literally it. But I want to talk about it because it's so fucking weird. We've got a two and a half foot tall shrub. Yeah, we got a little shrub. It's got eyes on it. It's, you know, assumedly these eyes are blinking. We can assume that that maybe that's how they notice that their eyeballs that they're blinking because maybe this, you know, could have been just a, a garden decoration. But oh no, it's moving now, and that's what makes it kind of interesting. But then we also have eyes all over the sides of it, right? We've got one in the middle, so it's a, a little bit of a cyclops moment until you realize that there are eyes all down the sides of it, which is just creepy and weird. And then this tinsel moment, which this gold and silver tinsel stuff coming out of the sides of it, it doesn't really seem to have a purpose. It's just kind of there. Um, so I don't know. This this one is so weird. And this is like what I originally wanted to do my episode on is this arboreal abomination because it's just so silly and weird. But clearly there's not enough information on it to do a full episode. Um, so yeah, that's like really truthfully all like I searched long and hard to try to find more information on this arboreal abomination because that's like what a name too. Like it's it's it fits, it's right there with it, but um you know, I would have loved to find a little more information maybe about what maybe like some of the things they experienced afterwards or you know, whatever, because in their initial report, they said it changed their lives forever. But I, I don't know if maybe that's just because their perception of, of life changed a little bit, you know, suddenly you um, maybe believe that these extraterrestrial beings exist, or maybe that the shrubs are alive. I don't really know um, what that means in terms of um, them and their existence, just because there was never a follow up on it. But but yeah, that one's really short. I just, I really, I wanted to talk about it so badly because it's just so silly and so cute and so weird um, that I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. So if you didn't already know about the arboreal abomination, now you do. It's like a two minute topic. So like tiny and like right along. Um, fits really, really well in with, with my show, but it's a little bit too short for, for this. So we're going to go into our next topic, which is... Um, just another alien encounter in South America. We're going to Brazil this time. Um, and this one is a complete one, uh, 180? Yeah, 180 from, <laughs> from the arboreal abomination because 
instead of a shrub-like creature, um, we've got a robot-like creature. So, without further ado, let's get into it. We're going to talk about the Paciencia abductors. On the morning of September 15th, 1977, 33-year-old Antonio La Rubia stepped outside of his home to start his day as a bus driver for a local bus company in Paciencia, Brazil. Upon leaving his doorstep to get on the bus that would take him to work, he realized there was something unusual in the field across the way from his home. A large craft floated silently in the middle of the field, shaped like a dull gray hat, measuring an estimate of 230 feet across. La Rubia turned to retreat away from the ship, but only managed to make it a few feet before a bright blue light stopped him in his tracks and he found himself essentially paralyzed. It was in this moment of paralysis that he noticed the forms of three beings that were headed his way. The three creatures that were slowly surrounding La Rubia were some of the most odd-looking creatures that have been seen come out of a spacecraft to date. Standing at around four feet tall, the beings had quote-unquote American football-shaped heads with a band running across the middle of what one would assume was the face that had a mirror-like surface and a foot-and-a-half-tall antenna that was coming from the middle of their heads. They were stocky, shaped almost like kegs, and had dull gray scaly skin that resembled that of a lizard. The oddest part of the creatures, though, was their limbs. Each had two arms that were shaped like the trunk of an elephant or a tentacle of some sorts, and one singular leg that looked more like a bar stool than an actual leg. None of the three beings seemed to actually touch the ground, instead floating as they walked, and each had what looked like a utility belt full of gadgets around their waist. When Lurubia realized that the beings had arranged themselves in a way to cut off his travels, one being in front of him and the others to each side, he attempted to break free of their formation and scream for help, only to find that he could not make any noise no matter how hard he tried. Then, one of the beings pointed a long syringe at him, and he found himself walking backwards despite the command of his body. Once again, Lurubia tried to will himself away from the situation, only to find he was trapped in what he called a giant mason jar. Lurubia described that somehow, in the blink of an eye, he was suddenly aboard the craft, despite the fact that he had no recollection of actually getting on it. He was simply in the grass one moment and in the ship the next. When he looked around, he described a hallway of dull aluminum that led to a small room containing only an object that looked like a piano and a crowd of the same beings that had assumedly brought him onto the craft gathering around a small TV. At this moment, LaRubia realized he could once again make noise and he started to demand answers about what he was doing on the ship and why they had taken him. These beings responded very negatively to the yelling, grabbing the tops of their antennas and acting as if the yelling had caused them physical pain. Uh, it even had knocked them on their, you know, what would be their asses if they had asses. As they shook off the pain, La Rubia noticed the feeling of paralysis again and started to struggle with his breathing, um, despite the fact that he could hear the breathing of the creatures like very distinctly. It was very loud um, and very aggressive. One of the creatures closest to him took that opportunity to remove a gadget from his belt and plug it into the what looked like the piano. And when it tapped a key, images appeared along the wall one by one until there were about 10 images altogether. These images appeared to be either sequences leading up to this moment or potentially things that would happen soon through tests or maybe just glimpse of the future. 
as the images showed things like LaRubia in the nude, soiling himself on an examination table and on fire. Supposedly, the rest of the night was uneventful, but LaRubia admitted that he had big, big chunks of time in which he couldn't fully remember what was happening. Um, and as we all know, I feel like that's a pretty common thing with um, alien encounters, specifically abductions. I think encounters in general, but a lot in, in abduction stories as well. The only thing he remembered between the images flashing on the wall and waking up was that at some point throughout the night, the beings had drawn about a pint of blood from his middle finger specifically, leaving no traces or mark that they had taken any, any blood. The craft dropped Little Rubia off at a police department in the next town over, and he never saw any of the beings or craft ever again. In the following month, Antonio LaRubia would get violently ill, so sick that he would have to leave his job with the bus company, but not before asking his co-workers for bizarre requests like spraying him down with a fire hose because he was so hot from being sick. The weirdest part about um, the after effects of his encounter, though, was that every image that LaRubia saw while inside the craft um, on that, you know, screen came true. Um, except I could not find any information about him being on fire. So, and I tried, I'll tell you, I tried really hard because <clears throat> that seems like something that would be pretty easy to find. So I don't know if maybe he just, you know, it wasn't like a, a whole dramatic, like, Ooh, I'm on fire now. Maybe it was just like a, he lit his sleeve on fire while he was cooking or something. I don't really know, but there we go. So that's, that's the story of the Paciencia, um, abductors. So we've got these weird, super robot, but also lizardy kind of creatures um, that drew some blood and disappeared. And I looked pretty hard trying to find something that was similar, um, an encounter with a, a similar type of creature or anything. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't find anything. I didn't find any other encounters with a similar creature, um, a, with an, uh, you know, a being of a similar description. I think the closest to these Paciencia abductors would probably be the Pascagoula River aliens, um, just based on, I don't know, like the antenna, I, the general shape of them. It's like similar, but like not quite, not quite even close to the same. So I don't really know. I don't know, guys. I, I had, you know, doing my research, there were some, some things that pointed out to me, like this man was the only one to see these, these creatures, these beings. Um, and not only that, but we also have this giant craft, you know, 235 or whatever feet in, you know, across. That's huge. That is a massive, massive craft that is, you know, supposedly really visible in this field, um, outside of, you know, this man's house. Um, but nobody else saw it. Granted, um, I believe that La Rubia did get up for work around two o'clock in the morning, but I um, have found myself awake at two o'clock in the morning many a times, and I've never looked out my window and saw a craft that big. So I think that part of it is a little bit weird. And also, um, when he had left his house to get picked up for work, he was supposed to be meeting, you know, a bus from the bus company that he worked at is supposed to come, you know, pick him up at his house. Um, so I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know if maybe, um, they just didn't come, they just didn't come get him, uh, that day, or, I don't know, you know, that, that part of it's weird to me too, because you would assume that if the bus company had come to pick him up, maybe they would have been like, oh, well, there's this weird giant 
craft in the field. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, or they would have questioned a little bit the fact that Lou Rubia didn't come to the door um, or didn't come out to meet the bus, um, especially if he was supposed to be working that day. So <clears throat> just some things to think about. Super weird, super crazy encounter. Um, but I kind of like, I don't know. I really, I think I, I think I like this one. It's really weird and, and just like really creepy. And like the, the visual description of these beings from this craft, this craft that's like really unassuming and just kind of not that intimidating, just like looks like a hat, just vibing in the field. Um, and then you've got these like weird, crazy, like aliens with, this weird lizard skin but like the features of a a robot from a horror movie the whole thing is really odd um so visually i think these these beings are real spooky and weird yeah i don't know i i really like this one that's what i'm gonna leave it at i think this one is a neat encounter um i have seen some skeptics talk about this one in my research about you know well it's probably just the hallucinations of a man who was drunk or Maybe he was sick or something, and that's why nobody else saw it, but you know me. I'm going to pretend that I didn't read any of that and that it existed because that's how my brain functions, but that's fine. Um, <clears throat> real quick, before I end this episode, I do want to make a note. Um, this will be my 50th episode, um, which is part of the reason why I wanted to do two also because it um, feels a little bit special. Um, and truly, like, I... I started this podcast in the middle of the summer in 2020 simply because because I, you know, wasn't going to work with the pandemic or um, didn't get to, like, get out and do much because of COVID. Um, I spent a lot of time putting all of this information and all of these, you know, topics and stuff that I researched on my roommates who I can tell you for certain were very tired of hearing about cryptids. And I kind of just reached a point where... I was like, I need an outlet for this. I need to do something. You know, I can only write in my notebook for so long. I can only doodle, you know, pictures of these creatures for so long. And, you know, nobody wants to hear me talk about it anymore. You know, no one in my close friend circle. Everyone was tired of it. So I figured, you know, maybe I'll start. This might be, you know, yelling into the void, but maybe I'll just start talking about it online. And, and now here we are. And I truthfully, I didn't think that I would get to 50 episodes just because I this wasn't um, didn't start as, as anything for me other than just a way to, to kind of get all of this, all these thoughts out of my brain. Um, so the fact that there are people that listen to me ramble, uh, about aliens and cryptids does mean a lot to me. Um, so if you've made it this far in the episode, thank you so much. Um, and if you've been listening for a while now, I, I just know I greatly appreciate you. Um, and yeah, so I just, I don't know. I feel like that's significant. 50 episodes. That's a lot. Um, I, you know, hopefully I'm trying to, to keep up the once a week. So if that's the case, we'll be hitting 100 pretty soon, which is uh, <laughs> pretty fun. Um, but yeah, so that's thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. It really it means a lot to me and I greatly appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that's what I have for you guys this week. Next week, I'll be back with something real weird and real interesting, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I will see you guys then. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye.